Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Wrestling Unlimited. As it's a Wednesday and my camera's all wonky. It was right, and I'm, I bumped the desk right before we went live, so I didn't realize that it moved the camera around. But it's Wednesday, and tonight was AEW Dynamite. Again, just another show. I'm going to say it right now, the Continental Classic to me means nothing. I get it, you're going to be the Triple Crown. I get it. You're the Triple Crown champion when you come out the winner. Brian Danielson got a good little promo on commentary on why this tournament's supposed to mean something. But look at the titles you're getting. The Continental Championship. What is the Continental Championship? Does it, does it even mean anything? No. The NJPW Strong title. That's their, I don't even know, seventh ranked title. Because you've got the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. You've got the U.S. title. Then you've got the Openweight title. Then you got the Junior Heavyweight title. Then you got the, yeah, so this is like their fifth lowest belt. Then you got the ROH World Championship, which that is below every AEW belt. So that's below the AEW World title, below the TNT title, below the International Championship. So that's their fourth, maybe fifth lowest belt. It's like, why are we supposed to care? We're getting good matches, but they're no better than the matches we were already getting on Dynamite. We're already getting good matches on Dynamite. And so these matches aren't blowing me away of, oh my God, these are so much better because they're tournament matches. That's what that's what the G1 does. They're so much better because they're tournament matches. These matches, cool. They're really good. But they're not much better than matches we would have got tournament or not. If they would have gave us Jay White versus Swerve Strickland on a Dynamite three, four weeks ago before the tournament... It would have been the exact same match. Nothing different, just as hardly wrestled, or not hardly wrestled, just wrestled just as hard. Wrestled just the same, other than it didn't have the time limit, and then they didn't have the drama of, there's less than five minutes left. Other than that, yeah. But it's I feel like these matches are just there. They're just matches for match's sake. Then there's guys in the tournament, it's like, why are they even in the tournament? Why is Jay Lethal in this tournament? Over a hangman page. Why is Daniel Garcia in this tournament over a Kanosuke Takeshita? Where's Pack and Britt Baker? Just that's my big question too. Where's Pat and Pack and Britt Baker? Britt Baker sent it out to me. I'm gonna pull up on the screen that she was not happy tonight, it seems like. It seems like oh Doc ain't happy. I'm gonna pull this up on the screen. She tweeted this out tonight during the show. Towards the end of the show. Grab this right here. Britt Baker sent out this tweet. Tonight, hashtag AEW Dynamite. MJF, live promo time, seven minutes. Christian Cage, live promo time, 10 minutes. All of 2023, Britt Baker, live promo time, zero minutes. She's got no, she's cut no promos all year, according to her. She hasn't cut a single promo, given any, given any TV time all year. It's like, come on. And Pac, who knows where he's been? Do they not want to pay his travel from the UK? Is this going to be the same problem with Will Ospreay? Just saying, I don't know. Just saying, I don't know. But, yeah. So, Britt Baker doesn't seem happy. 
Tonight, MGF got seven minutes. Christian got 10 minutes. All year, she's gotten zero. What the shit? But with that, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, head over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that join button to become a channel member, and donate a, Twitch, uh, donate a super chat in the live chat. That way you get your question, comment, or concern read live on the air. Again, super chats do help the channel tremendously, keeps the lights on, keeps us going. We do appreciate all of those. And finally... Head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something like bucks for Fortnite because you can be old Slim Shady, the real Slim Shady. Yeah, Eminem is in Fortnite. Get Eminem and use this code PW Unlimited at checkout. Get old Marshall Mathers in Fortnite right now. And when you do, you can also get an emote. That then just starts playing the Slim Shady song. I'm Slim Shady. Yes, I'm the real Shady. Oh, you want a Slim Shady? I don't know the words Slim Shady. But yeah, so that's really cool. Use this code right here. and Go get old Slim Shady, old Eminem in Fortnite. Speaking of Fortnite, I will be live. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited after this stream. Playing some Fortnite before we jump into the brand new season of Disney Speedstorm. When that drops later, when that drops later tonight. But yeah, use this code. And go get Eminem in Fortnite. Or maybe pre-order the brand new Avatar game on the Epic Game Store. Get Chucky in Dead by Daylight or claim the free game. Deliver us Mars. Which actually, only free for the rest of the night. Then we get two new games tomorrow. Jiu-Jitsu Squad and Mighty Fight Federation. Which, I've played Mighty Fight Federation. It's actually quite fun. Again, use this code right here. PWUnlimited to get Eminem in Fortnite or do... Anything, really, on the Epic Game Store and use our code. And you want to see Eminem in Fortnite? You want to see old Marshall Mathers and what he looks like? Let's pull it up right here. I'll pull it up on the screen. This is wild. Fortnite does the thing all the time. Like, how? How they got so many great collabs. Look at that. Eminem. Eminem. In Fortnite. And then when they drop... Tomorrow or Friday and do the big event. We've got an Eminem concert in Fortnite as well. So do the thing. Go on Fortnite. Get some V-Bucks. And use code PWUnlimited at checkout. Right there. PWUnlimited at checkout. Go to the Epic Game Store and do it. Get the V-Bucks there. Or do it in the shop on Fortnite. Scroll all the way to the bottom. And it'll ask if you have a creator code. And you do. But with that, we've got Dynamite to talk about. 
Dynamite comes on the air, and immediately we hear the music of Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson makes his way out to commentary, eye patch, and all. Excalibur then runs down the rules for the Continental Classic. And then we get our opening contest. John Moxley and Jay Lethal. So this was an enjoyable match. A good back and forth opener. But again, nothing over the top special. Just a match. And I get it. Tony likes throwing just random matches together. So saying they're tournament matches means he doesn't have to book a storyline to make the match make sense. And that's why QT Marshall is leaving the company. Because he feels like the company is going in a direction of less storylines and more matches for match sake. At least that's what's being reported. So as far as the match itself does go, Lethal slapped on a figure four early on, but Moxley rolled outside still in the hold, and both men crashed on the floor. Lethal remained in control. However, as he connected with a dive, he opted to go for the Fargo strut, which allowed Moxley to hit a dive of his own. Moxley landed awkwardly on his leg, something that Danielson did point out, as that's exactly what Lethal zoned in on. He went back into the ring, and he hit him with a knee breaker and a dragon screw. There was a strike exchange between the two, as both men scouted a King Kong lariat and, lethal, and a lethal injection, respectfully, until Lethal hit another knee breaker, followed by a top rope elbow for a two. Moxley rolled to the apron, as Lethal launched him into the front row, heading into a commercial break. Moxley connected on a desperation cutter, as Lethal backed him into the corner with a dragon screw off the second rope. Moxley sidestepped a low drop kick as a forearm exchange led to a King Kong lariat. Lethal countered a Death Rider into a lethal combination, waiting to go for the figure four, but Moxley countered into multiple roll-ups. Both men traded counters until Lethal got the figure four locked on, but Moxley got to the ropes. After punting out Moxley's leg, Lethal went for the lethal injection, but Moxley collapsed, except he was playing chicken, hitting another lariat and pulling out a pile driver sinking in a rear naked choke and picking up the submission victory. So John Moxley does win the match and has now got six points in the Gold League. Post-match, we see a video of Eddie Kingston, basically him talking about, oh, I was so confident going into this tournament. I put both of my titles on the line, which is still kind of dumb to think and say. It was Eddie's idea to put all the titles on the line. So we were really only going to get the Continental Championship? No. No. Don't, don't, don't insult our fucking intelligence, Tony Khan. Or as, as, um, oh, what's his freaking name? What's the guy from America Top Team? Let me know in the chat. He always called him Tony Khan, man. But yeah. Um... Eddie Kingston's like, I got a little cocky. I thought I was going in as a champion and I couldn't be defeated. I got humbled in defeat. He said, I got, I got Danielson next. So it's time for me to heal up. Danielson on commentary then fires up and goes, this man comes in with all this confidence, loses once and he's already down in the dumps. I'm coming in with a broken eye. This thing broke in two places. I need a surgery and I'm coming back early. He's like, this man really needs to step up his game. He... Ripped into Eddie Kingston. Basically call him a sack of shit. If you really think about it. That's how I took it. Then we got a great announcement. A perfect way to do this announcement. You don't overhype it on social media or nothing. You just announce it on the show. 
if this was, uh, we got a big important announcement. Cool. They could have. So there's a couple ways they could have done this. The way they did it was perfect. Now, if they would have hyped this up as on dynamite, we will tell you the location for collision or no, not collision revolution where sting will have his final match. That would be fine to announce ahead of time to let people know, Hey, the revolution location is going to be announced on Wednesday. So keep an eye out for that. That's a big deal. But again, when you're announcing in three weeks, tickets go on sale for this show that a lot of people aren't going to. Okay, cool. This is different. Why you say? Because this is historic. This is history. Sting's final match. People want to know what city that is in. If it's a random city or a city that means something to Sting in his career, and it does. Because it is taking place on March 3rd from the Greensboro Coliseum. Yes. The Greensboro Coliseum. The same place where Sting had many memorable memorable matches like 35 years ago with Ric Flair, who was our who was there tonight to help make the announcement. Sting said, You would have never guessed all these years later, after his first world title match, he'd be standing here with both Ric Flair and Tony Schiavone. It was a make or break night for Sting, as Flair put him on the map after going 45 minutes. Flair and Sting said they made it. Flair said Sting made himself. He's like, I was just there, but you were the star. And now I'm lucky to be here on long, alongside you. Rick said, this is going to be one of the greatest moments, not just in wrestling history, but in my life, to be in the Greensboro Coliseum and watch you have your final match. I'm like, oh, Rick really putting this over. So I like that. I like that a lot. The Greensboro Coliseum, March 3rd. That is where we will get AEW Revolution. Sting's final match. Who it's against? We still don't know. <clears throat> Let me get our second match in the Continental Classic tonight. It was Arush versus Mark Briscoe. Good back and forth battle. Crowd was really behind Briscoe. They got into Roosh a couple of times, but again, it was just a match. Nothing over the top special. It wasn't like a, oh my God, this is a super special match because it's in the tournament. Nope. It was just another dynamite match. Good, but not super great or anything. Both men slugged it out right at the bell. They like ran right at each, excuse me, ran right at each other in the middle of the ring. They traded massive chops as Danielson pointed out. The determination of both men coming off of losses last week. Bruce hit a snapmare and a punt to the back as the fans are behind Briscoe, who clotheslined Roosh to the floor mid-pose. Briscoe then flew through the ropes with a dropkick and lit up Roosh with chops before Roosh turned the tables and sent Briscoe crashing into the barricade. Briscoe responded with a back suplex onto the edge of a barricade while delivering a diving elbow drop off the apron. Briscoe opted to have Roosh recover and have another strike exchange, which Roosh won with a snapdragon suplex. Both traded thrust kicks and a lariat into the double down, heading to pitcher and pitcher. Briscoe's gum uh, fell out of his mouth, mouth onto the mat, and he just picks it up, puts it right back in his mouth. Both Taz and Excalibur start laughing. Doctors check on Roosh's leg during a break. It seems like uh, it like flared up on him or whatever. 
Kind of weird. Either man could keep control after the break as Briscoe connected with an exploder while Rouge hit a backdrop driver. Looked for a bull's horns, only for Briscoe to explode out of the corner with a spear. Roosh escaped a J-Driller, so Briscoe opted for an Enziguri, sending Roosh uh, to the apron where more chops ensued. Briscoe charged, and Roosh hit an overhead throw to the floor. Both fought in the corner, where Roosh was knocked off, and Briscoe hit the foggy blow for a two. Roosh again avoided the J-Driller, hit yet another overhead throw. He threw him into the ropes, and he follows up with the Bullhorns to pick up the victory. Roosh picks up a win and gets his first in the tournament, three points. Briscoe still at zero. Jay Lethal still at zero. Let me go to the back. We got RJ City. He approaches timeless Tony Storm, Lutha, and Mariah May. Storm was insulted about her accepting uh, about her acceptance speech being interrupted last week, but still went out and partied at the compound with JFK or one of the K's, as she called them. She says she's exhausted and has a touch of gout. RJ City then goes, "Are you worried?" She's like, "Worried about what? Next week? Next week?" It is you defending your title. Didn't say against who. Storm then name-dropped a bunch of old Hollywood stars and said if they weren't worried, I'm not worried. Storm asked RJ to take off her shoes before leaving to end the segment. Taz then goes, heh, gout's no joke. Which popped Excalibur and Tony Schiavone. Also, Danielson off commentary by this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm dead. The segments are okay, but I'm not the demo. It's not for me. I didn't really laugh. I thought it was all right. I wish they would have told us who she's defending the belt against. I don't think they did even later in the night. So, yeah. Because there's two title matches next week. That one and the TNT title match. Then we got his Bear Baker called it the seven minutes of MJF. MJF made his way out to the ring. Excalibur brings up the partially torn labrum. MJF brings up the AEW World Title match against Samoa Joe at World's End on December 30th. He said, back in the day, I got a I got a poster in the mail. It was of TNA wrestling. I said, what is this? I watched it and loved it. There was one man on that show in particular that was different than everybody else. But was the best, was better than everybody else. That's Samoan submission machine, Mojo. MGF mentions that Joe, MGF mentions Joe not being awarded opportunities by WWE. He said, This man is one of the best, and he was never given a world, world championship opportunity in WWE. Just fucking name dropping right there. He's like, But he proved you don't have to be a bodybuilder to be a champion. And that, Helped guys like me get into this business. And I go, what? Guys like you? You're the six-foot, jacked, tanned, good-talking world champion. You don't look nothing like Joe. Joe's the cool dude from Huntington Beach, California. Down there off the water. You guys ain't the same at all. Anyways... He's just putting over Joe and putting over Joe and putting over Joe. 
Did Joe help pave the way for guys like him? And without guys like Joe, there would be no AEW. There would be no MJF. So thank you, Joe. MJF starts putting himself over for starting a new alternative, helping to build AEW brick by brick since day one. MJF ran down his list of victories, but the one he was lucky to survive was against Joe. December 30th isn't about Joe's legacy. It's about his own. Did Maxwell Jacob Friedman survive the final boss one final time? MJF promises everyone that he doesn't care what happens to his body. He will show up and show out. He will show the world that it's not about the size of the dog in the fight. It's about the size of the fight in the dog. If Joe wants to take MJF and take what means most to him, he's going to have to put him down like a dog. MJF broke his cane before the lights would go out and they start flickering. Four masked men that appeared in the ring and attacked him before Joe made the save. I actually didn't like any of this. This was so not MJF. He didn't even throw in any of his smarmy lines. Like, usually he cuts the babyface promo, at least since the Adam Cole stuff started. So cut the babyface promo and then throw in the snarky line here and there. Throw in the, the shitbag line here and there. I'm your scumbag. No, this was super I'm putting over Joe. Super I'm babyface. Super I love this company. This was weird, and I think it was a knock at CM Punk. I'm not going to be myself. I'm going to be the corporate baby face. I'm going to say all the right things. That's what I thought this was. That's what I thought this was. Because he also said, if you're only here to make money, then you don't need to be here at all. So uh, I think MJF was responding to CM Punk. Just a thought. I could be wrong. But that's my assumption. So, we'll see. We'll see. The screen then goes black for a pretty long time before the words, in, sh in the shadows, our games begin. Next week, MJF and Samoa Joe, will you face the unknown in a tag match? Are you a hero, Max? He wanted MJF not to accept the match because he wants MJF healthy at 100% come world's end. But MJF says that he's sick of the Scooby-Doo bullshit and he'll take out every single one of them. MJF then accepts the match, which pisses off Joe. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then, you gotta love Corey Graves. Let's go to Corey Graves' Twitter. Hold on. Let's go to Corey Graves' Twitter. It's right either... The, at the end of, or while this promo is going on, right? Oh, Corey Graves sends this out. You gotta love Corey Graves. You gotta love fucking Corey Graves. Retribution? <laughs> great. It's just great. It's just great, because that's what they are. That's what this is. It's retribution. And no one can try to tell me it's not. Oh, this is better than retribution. That's what people try to say. It's better. It's not the same. AEW knows what they're doing. Unlike WWE who fumbled retribution. No. Also, from earlier, ATT guy, Dan Lambert. Thank you, Fonzie. So, yeah. Gotta love me some Corey Graves with the retribution comment there. So, we then get Wardlow versus AR Fox. There's nothing to this. Fox clocked Wardlow with the kick off the apron early on and cleared the top with a, uh, cleared him off the top with a dive. Followed by a somersault plancha. Fox tried his step-up moonsault from the apron, but Wardlow caught him in midair and slammed Fox on the apron. The match officially began as Wardlow launched Fox with a beal 
before Wardlow stalked Fox on the floor, tossing Fox back into the ring onto his head. Fox escaped the gorilla press and took out the legs of a Wardlow and then hit a 450 splash for a one count. Fox acted shocked as Wardlow started no-selling all of his strikes until a spinebuster and wound up with a lariat that connected. Two powerbombs connected before Wardlow had a huge senton. One final last ride powerbomb that forced the ref to stop the match because uh, Ole Fox couldn't continue. So in all of these re- matches we've seen since Wardlow returned, this was the most offense an opponent did get, and this was the most offense Wardlow did put out. So, I don't know. Again, more AEW stuff that I have no clue where it's going, and that's the problem with this goddamn company. They do so much random stuff, and you're like, where's this going? Where's this? He wants MJF, but MJF's working Joe, and he just worked Jay White, and he would this, and he would... They have no direction, and so they're just like, he may want to go for MJF one day, so we're going to put that on the back burner while he just beats people up. Like, matches for match's sake. Again, like UT Marshall is leaving the company. Excalibur then talks about Dante Martin returning to action for the first time tonight after a horrific, horrific ain't even a word, horrific ankle injury at the end of March at ROH, in ROH, and a ladder match, he said that he will be returning tonight in his hometown. I wrote that kind of weird. That's why I was like, what the what? What did I write? So, top flight on action Andretti defeat the Hardys and Brother Zay. I thought this was a great showing for Action Andretti and Dante Martin, or Action Andretti and Dante and Darius Martin. It was like there was no heels in this match. They were all baby faces, and it just felt weird. But a good match nonetheless. Massive reaction for Dante and his home crowd, but it was Action Andretti who started things off with Matt, and a quick sunset flip got him a two. Matt responded with a hip toss and then tagged in Jeff as the Hardys unleashed some signature double-team offense. They got a two off of it. Andretti and Jeff had a stalemate before Darius and Zay tagged in with a quick exchange until a dropkick connected flush off Darius. There's a tag that was made to Dante to a huge pop as Top Flight hit uh, rapid fire drop kicks and double team moves before Action Andretti tagged back in as they go to a picture and picture break where, well, the Hardys and Zay did take control. Matt implanted Andretti with a side effect, but the twist of fate was countered into an enziguri for a double down spot. Andretti then made the hot tag to Dante, who backflipped off the ropes up into the lights and struck Zay with a kick. Uh, Jeff then drove Dante onto the apron with a springboard crossbody on Zay just in time to avoid Jeff's crutches. Clutches. Zay then sent both Martin brothers colliding into one another and nearly got a roll-up for a two. Zay launched off Jeff's back and hit a drop kick that sent Darius to the floor. Hardys instead of Dante for a doomsday doomsday position where Zay hit a springboard dropkick for a two. Darius and Andrade then fought back against the Hardys on the floor as back in the ring, Zay hit a shotgun dropkick, snapped German suplex, and a side slam that well allowed Dante to get the victory. There we go. Dante hits all that stuff and then picks up the win. Fun match. We then go backstage. Renee's with top flight in action and Andretti. He congratulates them on their victory and asked Dante how it felt to be back. Before he could answer, Pentel Zero Miedo, the one that hurt Dante, walks up and gives him a fist bump. Dante with command, uh, Commander and Vikingo are there as well. 
And yeah, I guess that's setting up a trios match. More babyface versus babyface stuff. Cool. Then we had Julia Hart versus Emi Sakura for the TBS title on the line. And this wasn't really that good. This was House Rules, which the House Rules used during their trios title run means 20 count, no rope breaks, disqualifications will be enforced, and the challenger can choose the fourth step. So Sakura said no submissions. Can't win by submission, which means Hart could not win with her submission, her little rings of Saturn-like move. I forget what they call it. Also, they were in Hart's hometown. The crowd was loud for her. But the match itself wasn't that good. Hart connected on an early handspring clothesline in the corner and then posed as Sakura was unimpressed, firing off some strong chops. Hart then blocked a chop and slammed Sakura to the outside. Sakura reversed the whip, sending Hart crashing into the steps and charging low, a charging low crossbody followed in the commercial. Sakura connected with a stalling double underhook backbreaker and wanted it again, but Hart flipped out into a sleeper, transitioning into a head scissors. Sakura escaped and locked on a Romero special before slamming Hart hard down to the mat. Sakura missed the top rope moonsault as Hart applied her submission move, and Sakura tapped. But then the ref's like, hey, uh, she's tapping, but it don't matter. There's no submission in this match right now. Hart then connected with the lariat to the back, followed with the top rope moonsault, which she barely got. Sakura almost rolled into a better position at the last second, but she couldn't because Julia was already flying in the air with her opponent out of position, which you got to look, make sure she's in position before you do the move, and then, well, Hart just pinned her after a couple kicks, and there we go. Yeah, not a good match. Not a good match. RJ City's backstage with Mariah May. She's talking about how I come from stardom. That's great, because I was in stardom. And it's like, okay. And then says, I want to say thank you for connecting me with Tony. Thank you for, for making all this happen. He's like, yeah, we, we used to play squash together back in the day. It's all good. Great friends. And you think it's supposed to be, thank you for connecting me with Tony Storm. But I'm like, ah, I know where this is going. And then she goes into the office of Tony Khan. So, yeah, I don't know what this means, what they did there, but she went in Tony Khan's office. Shivani wonders if she's interrupting a meeting. And Taz and Calibre are like, huh? What meeting? Because Tony Schwein's like, oh, did she just barge in and interrupt the meeting? And the line kind of took Taz and Excalibur by surprise. Like, what meeting? Chris Cage comes out. And yeah, that's promo with security in the ring. He's like, um, I saw what happened. Adam Copeland, the radar superstar, wants me. How about we come talk face to face? Adam, come out here. Copeland doesn't oblige. Also, thank you, Kid Vicious, the Heartless. That's Julia Hart's move. He keeps calling him out. He keeps calling him out. No, Adam Copeland. He keeps calling him out. He keeps calling him out. Three minutes later, finally, Copeland just comes out. A Christian did nothing different than the first time he called him out. So it was Copeland in the shitter or something, and just like, oh, crud. I, I, I miss McHugh. I don't know. Because Christian's like, hey, truck, hit his music. Somebody tell him to come out. Like, did something happen? I don't know. It seemed weird. It, it seemed very awkward and weird. Copeland comes down and charges into the ring. Well, Cage is behind security. Copeland says, why do you have the security here? And he's like, hey, it wasn't my idea. Management told me they had to be here, but we don't need security. 
We're not going to do anything to hurt each other. Security, leave. Now, you would think if the boss, management, TK or whoever told security to be there, what kind of jurisdiction does Christian have to make them leave, to say you can go? He shouldn't have any. If Tony Khan, the boss, is like, security needs to be here in case you guys try to fight each other, they're going to be there. Well, why can Christian just shoo him away? If that's the case, why did he have him come out at all? Why did he have him stay out there so long? Why was he hiding behind them? It made no sense. Kay says that they weren't necessary, and neither was next week's match, because they weren't going to make it to Montreal. Kay said, because I'm sorry. He said the reason wasn't because Copeland took out both the prodigy Nick Wayne and Killswitch. But when you hit Luchasaurus, Killswitch with the, and the crowd starts chanting, you fucked up, you fucked up, because you already forgot to call him Killswitch. They went two unprettiers. That, that was just too much, but it showed me something. You still got the fire. Gage says he has a lot of soul searching and reflecting since then too. I was wondering how he got the way he was. Cage brought up traveling the roads with Copeland in a Toby the Taurus. And how they dreamed about making it big together. Being one of the greatest tag teams of all time and having some of the greatest, two of the greatest careers of all time. Not only are they the greatest tag team of all time, but they're also two of the greatest world champions. Cage says that it runs deeper and way deeper than that. As well, you grew up with a single mom. You didn't have a father figure. Now, I know I'm the patriarch of AEW, but I'm not saying I want to be your father figure. My father was your father. We are brothers. He's like, and despite everything, my father is still your biggest fan. Kate says that he loves Copeland. And before Copeland's mother passed away, she would say to them, I would love to see you guys team together just one more time. Copeland started to get teary-eyed. Cage wants that final time to be for Judy as Copeland ponders what he just heard before Cage charges him with the TNT title and so Copeland hits him low, kicks him right in the balls. Cage then slides down under the body of Copeland who picks up the mic and says, nice try, dumbass. Copeland and Nicole Cage shine this title up real nice because the TNT title is coming home with me next week. Goes to walk off, turns around and goes, oh, hey, and by the way, Fuck yourself. But they didn't bleep it. And then the next 10 seconds of the show is muted out. Well, somebody hit that button late. Somebody gonna get in trouble. Open leaves and Excalibur said, the match is official for next week. Another phenomenal chapter in this feud. And I can't wait. I think this match is gonna be really good. I think this match is gonna be awesome. So we go into our main event. It's Swerve Strickland against Jay White in the Continental Classic. And they told us, this match is 20 minutes long, at the most, and if it goes across the top of the hour, then it'll go across the top of the hour and we will follow with it. So, again, another week where people with YouTube TV are not going to see the finish of this match. Not see the finish of the main event. Because with YouTube TV, A, it only records what you set to record. You can't say, like on Comcast, oh, record this show, but go 10 minutes extra. 15 minutes extra. You can't do that. Because you can't record just, you know, the 8 o'clock, the 9 o'clock, and the 10 o'clock hours on this network or this channel, this blah, 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 blah. So this happened last week too, where 
the Moxley match went long, went over the top of the hour. And so people didn't see the end of Dynamite. And that's going to happen again tonight. People aren't going to see half of this match probably. Prince Nana came out on a crutch, did his dance, and then Swerve went to the ring by himself. White then decided to take flight outside early, but it proved to be a bad call as Strickland launched him into the barricade. White returned the favor before going back to the ring, and after that, uh, he went after the taped-up shoulder of Strickland. Danielson, who was back on commentary, was impressed with how explosive White is being while st- saying that Strickland, he's win at full gear, was one of the most brutal he's ever seen. White tried a baseball slide, but Strickland caught him coming in and sent him into the front row where a fan tried holding White back and uh, kind of like got in, in the, into it. It was kind of weird. It was a little like, what the hell are you doing, fan? I was running double stop off the apron to Strickland. Strickland took too long to follow or from Strickland. And Strickland too long, took too long to follow up, so White hit him with a DDT through the ropes, heading to a picture and picture break. White kept Strickland grounded for most of the break and hit a snapdragon or snap German suplex and an underhook for the, a two. Also, interestingly, when they would go to a regular commercial, we got the random TBS app commercials, but they didn't do, they haven't done this recently. Every picture in picture we actually got on the TBS app. Usually we don't, or usually we don't get all of them. Tonight we got all of them, so that was good. Um, let's see. Strickland battled back, charging, changing levels, hitting high, hit him low. He hit a head scissors and then a rolling flatliner into a spinning suplex for a two. Both men slowly got to their feet and White hit a flatliner of his own. White then connected with a snap, dra- a snap German, but took too long to follow, allowing Strickland to throw a wild lariat into a double down spot. There was a forearm that exchanged that led White crum- to led to White crumbling. But it was all a Ploy has a chop block out. Uh, he chop blocked Strickland's legs out from under him and hit a Yurinagi for a two. Strickland then fought off of a sleeper suplex, so White slapped on an arm bar submission. Strickland rolled through and trapped the arm and then stomped the arm. Oh my God, this looks so for purposes of if you didn't see it. Jay White is down on the ground, right? Like he's kind of down. His arm is like this. Swerve then kicks it, so it's like down like this, but it's like out kind of as well. So then Jay White, his arm is then like this, but like all kind of twisted on his back. And so the crowd starts chanting, you sick fuck, you sick fuck. Referee Bryce Rensburg goes to check on White. White was almost sent into the referee at one point, just like last week. And he tried another, uh, he tries to go for a low blow. But this time, Strickland had it scouted and hit a slam. There's the house call that connected before following up with the swerve stomp, but White kicked out. White then bit at the hand of Strickland, and it was a desperation move to block a blade runner. He then hit a blade runner, and Strickland rolled to the floor. White brought him back into the ring and tried to go for another one, teased a near fall. He then missed his finisher attempt at the 15-minute call. Five minutes left in this match. White hit a sleeper suplex, but Strickland countered a Blade Runner into just a roll-up and got the victory. There we go. Final Classic now sits as followed. John Moxley, six points. Rose Strickland, six points. Roosh, three points. 
Jay White, three points. Jay Lethal, zero points. Mark Briscoe, zero points. As far as shows coming up, we do have Collision. Nothing announced for Rampage, which is kind of weird. Collision, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston in a Blue League match. Dan Garcia versus Andrade El Idolo in a Blue League match. And Claudio Castagnoli versus Brody King in, yes, a Blue League match. Let's get the polls. That's everything. Oh, and the next week, Christian Cage defends the TNT title against Adam Copeland. But with that... See what you guys thought of the show. I thought it was an all right show. Anything it was great or anything. I thought the main event was really good. A swerve and Jay White killed it. That was the best match of the night. As far as the polls do go, Twitch poll is live. Refresh these other ones really fast. As far as the X poll does go. 38% thought the show was just all right. 33% liked it, and 28% didn't like it. Wow. Those are numbers than I thought, especially with the Just All Right winning out. As far as the YouTube community poll, 61% liked the show, 25% thought it was Just All Right, and 14% didn't like it. One comment here says, I liked it, but none of the Devil's Minions could be in AEW Dynamite to join the mask one of what? None of the Devil's Minions could be in AEW Dynamite to join the masked ones and the devil. What? I don't understand what that means. Look at the YouTube live poll. 60% liked the show. 30% thought it was just all right. And 12% didn't like it. And finally, the Twitch poll. 67% liked it. 33% didn't like it. So with that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. In just a little while, I'm going to be live, probably top of the hour or so. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy playing some Fortnite. And then later on tonight, once the new season drops, we will jump in to Disney Speedstorm and check out the Let It Go Frozen season. We're getting Elsa, we're getting Anna, we're getting Kristoff, we're getting Hans, and we're getting Olaf, and we're getting a brand new track as well. So we're going to check all that out tonight on stream. So with that, have a great rest of your night. And I'll see you a little bit later. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. Have a good one, guys.